It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. My friend Jennifer Harrison is here to talk about her work as an advocate. I met Jennifer in 2020 during the pandemic when we both had family members that tragically died from contracting COVID-19 in New York nursing homes. We've been to rallies together, have supported each other, and have always had each other's backs. Jennifer has had a lot of tragedy in her life, not only losing loved ones in nursing homes, but she also lost her boyfriend and his best friend in a double homicide several years ago. She's been a loud voice when it comes to bail reform, and it's the main reason why she founded the group Victims' Rights New York, a political action committee. Many of you know that I've been very critical about our former governor's policies during the COVID-19 pandemic and his deadly March 25th order that I believe helped kill thousands of elderly. Andrew Cuomo's brother, Chris Cuomo, was someone who helped put the former governor on a pedestal during that time on the channel he worked for, CNN. And it drove us crazy when the two of them would joke around on Chris's primetime show. He would never ask the questions we all wanted to find out about when it came to the care and the treatment of seniors in nursing homes. Many of us were put off by Chris's charade when he was diagnosed with COVID and would broadcast live from his basement every night. It's not that we didn't believe he had COVID. It's just that we would soon find out that Chris was not exactly quarantining in his basement as he led us to believe and was in fact leaving his basement and going outdoors despite telling everyone to mask up and stay inside. Chris Cuomo has never been asked about his so-called quarantine and why he didn't follow the strictest COVID protocols while his brother was enforcing them on the rest of us. So we never heard the reason why he lied, perpetuating the myth that he quarantined in his basement for the entire time during his COVID diagnosis, emerging for the very first time as captured on viral video on April 21st, 2020. This past week, when my friend Jennifer called out Chris on social media about his time in the basement, he began to direct message her and admitted that the video of him leaving the basement was a joke from his kids and not actually the first time he had left the basement since his COVID diagnosis. And that's why I wanted to bring her on the podcast to explain why this bothers us so much and highlight her important advocacy for seniors, small business owners, and victims of crime. Please welcome my friend, Executive Director of the Victims' Rights Advocacy Center and founder of Victims' Rights New York, Jennifer Harrison. Jennifer Harrison, thank you for coming on the podcast. You know, full disclosure, you and I are good friends. Uh, We met... Well, under terrible circumstances, we both lost loved ones uh, because they contracted COVID in nursing homes. But you've been an advocate for a long time now. Um, And, you know, just go back to how you began your advocacy um, and what got you to this point today. Thank you. And yes, I'm honored to call you a friend. And thank you for that. Um, In 2005, both my boyfriend and his best friend were stabbed to death in a bar fight in New Jersey. 
Um, three brothers were involved. One of them, two of them had a criminal record and was out on parole in New York. One of them had no record at all, and they ended up offering him a sweetheart deal to do nine, uh, five and a half years for Kevin's manslaughter and six and a half years for his friend's killing, um, of which he did nine and a half years for killing two people. And the other two brothers with the criminal records ended up being able to walk completely free. So at 27 years old, when everybody else was getting married and having babies and planning their future, I was burying the love of my life and then sitting in court proceedings, listening to, you know, the gruesome details of his his murder. Um, and I, I learned how how awful and broken the criminal justice system is. And I've dedicated the past 18 years of my life ever since to fighting to fix that and supporting other victims um, and helping them navigate through this process. Mm-hmm. And Governor Cuomo at the time refused to sign a budget that did not include bail reform. Yes, that was in 2019. We started learning about bail reform and these other so-called social justice initiatives like uh, the Benjamin Bill, which is now less is more and clean slate and elder parole and fair and timely parole, which will release all kinds of monsters and serial killers like the son of Sam um, around 2017. So I I started becoming a little bit more vocal and politically active when we learned about that. And then even more um, in 2019, when, like you said, Governor Cuomo refused to sign the budget without bail reform, which has led to um, over 305 deaths, um, well over 1,900 additional victims, some of them shooting victims, and just, you know, basically the victimization and terrorizing of neighborhoods across the state. Mm -hmm. And what happened to these criminals that killed your beloved boyfriend and his brother? Uh, so the one that that was um, sentenced and and pled guilty, he did nine and a half years. He was re- released in June of 2014, of which I had no say. I had no way to fight it. He was just released, and now they're you know they're home, living their lives with their families. They spend holidays together. They post pictures on social media as one big happy family all together. Um, some of them have gone on to have babies. The babies that you know Kevin and his friend will never get to have or, or see, um, you know, spending time with their nieces and nephews, which Kevin will never get to see or experience. And um, it's it's completely unfair. What do you think would have been fair? <laughs> um, I, I thought about this for a very long time. In the beginning, I was very angry. And I, to be honest with you, I, I really only thought it would be fair if they were parallel from the neck down, staring up at the ceiling every night, uh, mm-hmm. thinking about what they had done and why they had been there. But, you know, I know that that's not uh, fathomable. So, you know, I, they really should have done all of them long-term jail sentences. And I believe if you take a life, you should do life. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are mitigating circumstances and those should be considered, but that that wasn't involved in this case. So I, I think that they should be serving life sentences in jail. And so you've been dealing with this and then COVID happens and you lose family members in nursing homes. Tell me about those beloved people. Yeah. So strike one with Governor Cuomo was bail reform. And then um, my step-grandmother, Teresa Hagemeyer, and her sister, Aunt Joe Rachiel, were Long Island's home front sisters. Uh, they were living in the same facility. Aunt Joe was called uh, Long Island's Josie the Riveter as she worked at Republic Airport and helped put the bolts in the planes that uh, won World War II. Wow. 
And um, they died two days apart in Smithtown in the same facility. I didn't learn until after I went to a Mother's Day rally in 2020, I I believe, that I realized that this was like a major issue and that other families, a lot of families, had experienced the same kind of loss. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was Governor Cuomo and his March 25th order to bring thousands of COVID positive patients into the facilities where our most vulnerable residents. Um, And you and I both met at one of those rallies and decided we were going to advocate on behalf of those thousands of people that lost their lives and then the subsequent cover up by the New York state government. Right. And if you remember, you know, this was all unfolding in real time back then. So we, we didn't know initially, you know, what the intention was or you know, maybe it was just a mistake or, you know, somebody acting, you know, in unprecedented times and really not knowing what else to do and and with the best intentions. But as you mentioned, you know, as as time unfolded and and went on, we, you know, Governor Cuomo never took accountability for this so-called mistake that he made. He never apologized to us and and doubled down on the cover-up. Right. So this brings us to what's happening right now in real time. Uh, You know, this interview is going to air this weekend, but you and I have been in touch, obviously, over the years, and you called out Chris Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo's brother, on social media because there was a response to Chris Cuomo because he's very active on social media as well. He still has a job in media, even though he lost his job at CNN. He's working at a competing news channel, and he basically called somebody stupid because they pointed out that during the pandemic, Chris Cuomo pretended that he He was in quarantine because he got COVID. I believe that he did get COVID. And I do believe that he was in quarantine for some time. But he lied because um, there was one day that he was confronted by a neighbor uh, and it was written up and the neighbor actually filed a police report because Chris Cuomo was in his backyard after saying he had COVID. And the neighbor came up to him and said, hey, dude, you're sick. Why are you outside? And Chris Cuomo, of course, belittled him, uh, called him names, uh, bullied him. And then that came out in the press. And there was never any apology or, um, you know, admission of his lying, he actually made a huge production on CNN of his readmission into society after being quarantined with air quotes in the basement for a number of weeks. And he actually said, well, I'm okay now because of the CDC saying that I'm okay to come out of my basement. So brings us now, several years later, you called him out and he direct messaged you. Yes. Somebody else um, tweeted that he, you know, he lied about having COVID, which like you, I, I don't believe that he lied about having COVID, but he definitely was not in the basement 24 seven mm-hmm. quarantine isolation as he perpetuated on national news network, CNN. Um, so he had retweeted that, that person's tweet and called everybody believing it stupid. So I called him out on it and posted the video of his fake emergence from the basement and also the article of him being caught on on the property, which yes, it was his property and it was his backyard. So that that's the story there, okay? And so then now I'm infuriated because, you know, now we have strike one and strike two with 
Governor Cuomo, but I also was working in the hospitality industry as a restaurant manager. And my son had broke his arm and had to have surgery. So I had to take a leave of absence for two weeks. And because of COVID, when I was ready to come back, my boss didn't have the money to hire me back because of the COVID mandates. And so to find out that, you know, Chris Cuomo was on national news perpetuating this fraud and making it seem like he was isolated and, you know, businesses across the state and across the country were suffering. People were losing their livelihoods because of these mandates and rules that Chris Cuomo was saying we had to abide by to keep everybody safe. And then he goes out and does this was just completely infuriating, Janice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I the devastation that these mandates cause and these rules cause, you know, while the Cuomo brothers were singing each other praises and we had to watch, which was extremely painful, but the damage was irreparable. People couldn't afford Christmas that year. I had to go out and and I started a restaurant relief fund and ended up raising $35,000 and gave families and restaurant industry a thousand dollars each so that they could give their kids a Christmas and you know some of them came to me crying and said what am I going to do I have to tell my kids I hope no kids are listening to this about Santa this year Mm. I mean and here's Chris Cuomo just lying to everybody with not a care in the world yeah and so the direct messages started when the direct messages started yesterday after I had um I'm sorry. He's responding to me now as we're talking. It's going to take me a minute. It's okay. So we're recording this on Wednesday. So the direct message has started on Tuesday evening. Started on on Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, okay. Stay right there. We'll have more of this story coming up. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. So you sent me the direct message uh, that basically admitted that he lied to the public, lied to CNN, and here's what he wrote. And this was in response to you posting the video of his reemergence coming out of the basement and saying, you know, everyone, I'm fine. I'm doing well after this quote unquote quarantine. This is what he says to you. And because we did not know when I was no longer contagious, I was careful about how much time I spent in-house around others. And the lost, he says lost, but we think it's the last leaving, which was alluding to the fact of him coming out of the basement was a joke by my kids because I was still sleeping down there. And then my wife got sick anyway. Those are the facts, period. And that's the first I've ever heard of him referencing that quote unquote quarantine and that big broadcast when he came out of the basement. Why am I so upset about this? Because he lied. He clearly lied. And this is a pattern of behavior. And we believed it. And as you mentioned, perpetuated this lie while livelihoods were being lost, while people were dying, while he and his brother were on that channel on CNN, joking around while our family members were dying and we weren't allowed to see them. Right. Exactly. And I and and this is a clear admission, a clear admission. I could I couldn't believe what I was reading. Yeah. Yes. And then he came back this morning and you (laughs) while we're doing this podcast and he came back with some cockamamie excuse, not 
not even saying, well, that that isn't true. He just said it was a picture that his kids took. So honestly, he shouldn't have said anything. At all. Exactly. He- and and to and to be fair, you know, now he's saying, "Why are you letting anybody say I'm harassing you? You're replying to me," which which is true. We we have been having, you know, I have been going back and forth, but he has been sending me four texts in a row or DMs in a row before I do that, and I don't understand how having a public conversation on Twitter or replying to a public tweet correlates into being allowed to privately message me when you're simultaneously refusing to have any public debate and his brother is refusing to have any public debate regarding these issues with our families. Mm -hmm. It's true. They play the victim. This family continues to say, oh, woe is me, you know, and I'm I'm so sick of it. If if Chris Cuomo had gone away for a little bit and reflected and then came back and said, I've made a lot of mistakes. Um, I shouldn't have had my brother on. And I actually believe that CNN was pressuring him to have the governor on his program for ratings. I believe that. Wait, I, you know, Janice, I have to stop you there because you're, you know, sometimes you're the good cop and on the bad cop and sometimes vice versa. But, you know, don't forget the you're awful name right. he called you. You're right. So, I, you know, he was definitely a willing party in all of it. Okay, you're right. Yes, And he did help smear the women that were coming forward about his brother's behavior. And there were texts between Chris Cuomo and the Cuomo government about my advocacy on behalf of my husband's parents who died from COVID that they contracted in their separate elder care facilities. So I'll give you that. But back to had they, you know, reflected on what they did, admitted what happened and then said, we I'm sorry, we lied. We did lie. And we will, at this point, forever be remorseful of that, and we will try to do right by families. Whatever. And, and they could think, I mean, they even have an out in saying that, you know, we did it to protect the public because we wanted to, everybody to abide by the rules. But at the same time, it's extremely hard. Listen, I understand Chris Cuomo not staying in his basement 24-7. Yes. That how you can't how possible is it to do that, especially when you have a family, you have kids upstairs, you have a what, you know, you have a career. And you know, nobody knew what to do or how to handle this. So but but they couldn't say that or do that on or perpetuate that on TV because right. they didn't want everybody else running around doing it. And I get that. Well, what so he also what well, he also was very cruel to the man who was in his backyard saying, hey, hey, buddy, you know, he disparaged that guy and was terrible to him. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, the rumor is that Chris Cuomo definitely has a temper. I think he actually admitted it and said that he needed help at some point. There was an altercation on Sunset um, Sunset Beach in Shelter Island uh, that was documented. So, I mean, maybe he maybe he just does need help with his anger. But, you know, to it it seems that he likes to call out everybody that that's pointing out everything wrong that he does without having to admit any guilt or any part that he has to play Mm -hmm. in his own demise or actions. And he still has a platform. You know, he has a platform on another channel. He has social media. He can see there's still time for him to say, you know what, I I lied. I lied about being in quarantine. And, you know, some people will say, oh, it was so long ago. No, no. That, that was part of the behavior. You know, it was part of the and behavior. If he, 
And if he did it then, how can you trust him to be where he is now or anything that he's going to say or put out there now? Right. And listen, CNN might be behind it as well. They might have known the whole time that he was just playing, you know, a joke on everyone that, you know, this is good for ratings. Let's let's put you downstairs in the basement and just say that you're in quarantine. You know, had he not had that meeting with the neighbor, by the way, my gosh, these people, this family, you know, has been in the spotlight and has had the Cuomo name for decades. You know, this family has been very fortunate. They grew up on third base. You know, they had so much, um, you know, done for them and and while other people struggled to to get where they are today, these brothers have been handed a lot of really fortunate things in their lives. And so to, you know, not admit or not, you know, have any comeuppance is really frustrating. Well, it's extremely frustrating, but it also makes you wonder if they do they feel that they're above all of that. Yes. You know, and, and rules are for thee, not for me. And, you know, you know, just tarnish any of us peasants who dare question anything that they have to do or say. Mm -hmm. Stay right there. We'll have more of this story coming up. So where do we go from here? He's obviously still messaging you. And what do you say to him? Like, hey, do you want to have a conversation? Do you want to go on a program? What do you do? Well, I, I, I've always said that, you know, like my my goal is to get our message out, whether it's for nursing home victims and accountability and justice for our, you know, 16,000 plus families, or whether it's for the victims of violent crime and survivors of homicide, across, uh, victims that I represent across the country. That, that's always my goal is to get the message out. And I'm willing to sit down and have an open, respectful and reasonable discussion or debate with anybody, you know, on our side or the other side that that's willing to do the same. Um, so the, the door is always open if Chris Cuomo wants to go on any outlet. You know, I, I know Sid Rosenberg would love to have him on, too, mm-hmm. um, to discuss the issues in a re- reasonable and respectful manner. And and my advice to him would, to, would be to just go on TV tonight and say, listen, you know exactly what we talked about. It wasn't a perfect situation. I had a job on the line. I had to do what I was told. He doesn't have any ties to see or, lo- you know, loyalty or he doesn't owe anything to CNN anymore. And um, and I, I had to do what I was told. I had to jo- a job to do. And, and this is the way that I handled it. And maybe it was wrong. Mm. And, and then everybody can move on from there. Yeah. You know, and and maybe I shouldn't have been as involved, but you know, maybe just re reiterate that. Yes. But you know, you can't just keep going and bullying people and sending private DMs to people that call you out and, and think that it's not going to get out there. And it and is you, it is harassment. I'm sorry. Like you know, you called him out and then he went into your DMs and started making excuses and playing the victim and lying the same old, same old. Right. And I have to wonder, like, what his motive was there. And, you know, I don't think that he realized who he was talking to, that I am involved in the media, that I'm friends with you um, because of what we've been through together and our fight and I don't think that he, he realizes that I'm friends with Sid Rosenberg and I go on his show who he, you know, he he challenged to a fight and still hasn't lived up to that. By oh, the that's way. right. You got to talk about that. Um, I mean, I, I don't really remember exactly what happened, but, you know, I think he, he started texting Sid all of a sudden, too, saying, like, you know what, we should fight and, and you're 
your boss, tell your boss, John Katz, Matides, to put up the money for a charity and let's fight. And then Sid, you know, Sid kind of called him out on it and told him to come on the show. He said he would and he, and he never did. Mm. So, you know, if you're going to be a tough guy but behind a keyboard, then you better be able to back it up. Yeah. Because you know what? I'm I'm not a coward. You're not a coward. And and we're going to continue to fight and we're going to continue to call these people out on on the on their lies until we get some real accountability, the truth that we deserve as to why this happened and and justice and the accountability that I feel like uh you know would be uh su- would suffice with Chris Cuomo would be you know an apology for the way that he handled all this, a public apology. For I the agree. Way that he yeah, I agree. And and listen, if CNN had a hand in him with his fake quarantine all that time, then call them out. We should know that about them. Right. I mean, CNN loves to bash other networks. Correct. <laughs> You know, so they they really have no right to ever say anything about any other network again after the fraud that they perpetuated just in this situation alone and the lives and livelihoods that they destroyed because of it. Mm, I know. You know, I I always go back to that moment when they had the fake Q-tips and they were joking about Andrew getting a COVID test while nursing homes could not get COVID tests. And that's what fueled, you know, the anger, right? Because they were joking around and I thought to myself, are we in an upside down world where we're locked away right now? We weren't able to see our loved ones before they died. We weren't able to have wakes or funerals and bury them properly. And these guys, these guys, one of them being the most powerful member of the state of New York, joking around on their program, that made me furious. And but if it wasn't for that, Jennifer, I don't know, you know, that I would have had the guts to stand up. So I actually I thank Chris Cuomo and his brother and CNN for doing that stupid skit, because that's the thing that lit the match under me. Yeah, I I mean, looking back now, I think you'll probably agree, like we kind of have to remind ourselves that it even happened because it's just so far removed from anything that should be reality. It's like like a movie and and we have to remind ourselves that, wow, like we really suffered through all that. And then to watch him win the Emmy and the book deal and oh my my gosh, it was just so infuriating. And um, yeah, you know, hopefully this is the first step in in real accountability because now he has no choice but to admit, you know, these are his own words. And um, and he reached out to me privately. I, I didn't seek to have a private conversation with him. I have in the past. Um, asked to have debates on criminal justice issues, um, but I didn't seek him out to have a private conversation about this in any way, shape, or form. The statement that I made was public. I expected that any conversation that we had would be public. Um, I would think that someone in his position would think that any message that he sent to anybody um, might be shared publicly, especially of this nature. And um, hopefully this is the first step in accountability regarding Chris and his actions. I hope so. You know, I think it would serve him well uh, to admit, you know, just go out there and say you're sorry or say this is what happened. And I want to set the record straight, Um, because if that was let's just say it was me on TV and I was lying about being quarantined. And then all of a sudden someone saw me out in the (laughs) Hamptons. 
when I was supposed to be sick. You'll never see me out in the Hamptons, by the way. We we do not own any kind of property out there. Um, but what if it was somebody from Fox that lied about their quarantine and made a huge deal of that? You know, every other media company would be saying, hey, you guys lied. You need to fess up. Yeah, I, I agree. And it, and it wasn't just this one instance either. He was caught, you know, I think getting a haircut yes. without a mask. He was caught in his building without a mask. Um, there are pictures of him in, in Greenport at Claudio's at the time, um, you know, when other restaurants were being fined $10,000 for the kind of behavior that he displayed. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's not just a, a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. What do you want to see as accountability when it comes to our loved ones that were taken away so cruelly and then the cover-up that happened here in the state? Well, you know, Dennis, um, I truly believe that if you want to get to the bottom of anything, you always have to follow the money. Mm-hmm. And I think that Governor Cuomo did what he did because you know, his biggest donors and the relationships that he had with Melissa DeRosa's father's clients, um, you know, they all came to him and said, listen, we're going to lose money on empty beds if we're not allowed to take these patients because nursing homes get paid a lot of times, uh, especially with Medicaid patients, by the day. So any day that a patient is not in that bed or that bed since sits empty when the COVID patient or resident of the nursing home that has COVID goes to a federally funded facility is money that's not going into the the nursing home that day. And like I said, they're Cuomo's biggest donors. So Mm -hmm. I think that this really was um, to protect his biggest donors and supporters and, uh, and powerful lobbyists from losing money on empty beds and um, I think that they all need to answer for it. Uh, there needs to be, you know, a bipartisan investigation or a criminal investigation and deposition with subpoena power so that they have to answer all of these people that were involved on the record as to what exactly happened and who had communication with who, what that communication consisted of and why these decisions were really made. Amen, sister. I mean, that's what we've been advocating for. And even though I don't talk about it as much as I did a couple of years ago, we're still doing things behind the scenes to make sure that that happens. I am confident. I am confident that it will happen. It might take a long time. And, you know, we're still having COVID hearings right now about the origins of COVID and the lies that were told by the highest levels of government. We need to know the truth. People, you know, maybe are sick of it and don't want to talk about it anymore because we all have PTSD. But we have to find the truth uh, because if we don't, it's going to happen again. And the level of corruption by the highest levels of government is just sickening. Yeah. And and unless there's accountability, our our government is going to continue being run by a corrupt criminal enterprise. Mm -hmm. So let's end it now. Well, God bless you. I love you. Uh, I'm so glad that you came into my life, our family's lives. Um, You know, through tragedy, we found each other and we've, you know, built our own family of of friends and fellow advocates. And, you know, I'm standing right there with you. And, you know, thanks for being brave. Um, And if... Chris Cuomo is listening to this. Uh, You know, listen, buddy, you still have time to admit your wrongs and apologize and move on. Yeah. And you know what, Janice, I even 
I'll even say that it really seems like he wants to be a good person. Hmm. You know, the fact that he reached out to me privately, like he doesn't want to have this persona. So I, I, I really think that he does want to try and be a good person. And if so, then this is his chance. You know, after all of that, I would even have a discussion with the guy. I don't know about his brother, but, I, you know, <laughs> if he was willing to say, listen, all of this happened and I regret so many things and I'm sorry that I told a lie and I'm sorry for what I did, I I actually would accept that. It would take me a little bit more to forgive his brother. Uh, but listen, you know, Chris Cuomo, you you have a chance here to do right. Yeah, I don't think anybody can really, um, you know, I, you know, there are some wrongs that you just can't defend, but family is family. That's the way that I was brought up. And, you know, I don't, I can't ever blame him for wanting to defend his brother to a certain point. Yep. So I agree. With him. Yeah. All right. To be continued, my friend, uh, <laughs> keep being awesome is all I have to say. Thank you. You too. Okay. Love. Thanks again to Jennifer for coming on the podcast today and sharing her story along with the important work she's doing with victims' rights. If you would like to find out more about Jennifer and her advocacy, victimsrightsreformcouncil.org. She's also awesome to follow on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Victims Rights NY. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com.